Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. So winter, late autumn, despite climate change in America, unless you're in the Sun Belt, it's uh, it's cold. All right. And the reason I'm telling you this, which is obvious, is that climate change is happening in the Biden administration. Where do you hear this? And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So there is a United Nations climate change conference two weeks in Dubai. You know where Dubai is? It's in the Persian Gulf. The Persian Gulf supplies much of the world's oil, which is counter to climate change people. But they're having a conference in Dubai. Okay. Um, Two weeks, that's, that's a kind of a long conference. Now, Joe Biden uh, has been to two of them, but not going this year, okay? And the reason he isn't going, and the White House has not put out a reason, but I'll tell you the reason, is because right now at this moment, America is harvesting more fossil fuel than ever before in its history. So if Biden were to show up at a climate change conference in Dubai, the fanatics would kill him. Hey, you're the big global warming guy. You're this, you're the progressive, you're blah, 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 blah. And now, boom, the United States is harvesting more fossil fuel than ever before. Now, the reason this is happening is because when Biden came into office, he attacked the fossil fuel industry. You'll remember that. And so we're going green, electric cars, windmills, solar, You guys, I'm going to put you out of business with regulations. And 
all the energy prices in the USA went up, igniting inflation. And inflation is dooming the Biden administration. So Biden, a man of no principles whatsoever, every principle he ever had, he changed. Biden said, whoa, we better start getting that oil out of there. And now he's exporting a lot of oil to foreign countries, not only supplying it here. So oil prices in America have dropped for the last two months. I'll give you the stats in a moment. And overseas, we're making money selling oil to Europe because we have the embargo on Russian oil because of Ukraine. So this is geopolitics. And geopolitics are intruding on the climate change mandate. Okay, so we all got the primer here. So Biden, again, a man of no seasons, doesn't believe in anything, says, oh, well, we got to harvest oil. That's why I can't go to the climate change conference. Meanwhile, okay, back on the ranch here, the uh, inflation under Biden for essentials, that means what you need to live, up 18% since he took office. So all of us are paying 18% more to live. That is unsustainable. Nobody can get reelected on that record. It, nobody. And Biden will not get reelected. Okay. So now the White House is panicking. But this puts the progressive left against Biden. And they already don't like Biden supporting Israel. So the progressive left is now pulling back from Biden, which is a good thing for conservative traditional candidates. So the real far out left wing, they don't like Biden anymore, even though he does everything they want him to do, or at least used to. Okay. Um, So why, what is it about the uh, alternative energy, the green economics that isn't working? Well, number one, electric cars. I mean, they're not in demand. And I'm not going to get one until the motion, I can drive further than I can now. I'm not good with technical stuff. If I plug it in, I'll get electrocuted. You know, I'm not just, I'm, mechanically, I'm, I'm just no good. All right. And they're very expensive, these cars. And uh, they have a chip shortage now. And they have a battery fire risk. And in the winter, your efficiency on electric cars drastically drops. Did you know that? I didn't know it until we started to research. So electric car, that, that whole thing is flat, not increasing. And in spite of that, Connecticut, another loopy far left state goes, well, about 10 years, we're going to forbid gas powered cars. Well, that's unconstitutional. Number one, you won't be able to do that, Connecticut. And number two, it's stupid. Because uh, people are not going to be able to afford it, even then, in 10 years or not. The other thing is the wind, okay? So Biden, and I'll tell you about this in a minute, is going to a wind farm today to show how green he is. It's so phony. Anyway, the wind stuff is getting more and more and more expensive. Here on Long Island, where I am, you look out into the ocean, a bunch of windmills. uh, I can see them from my house out on eastern Long Island. They surround Block Island which is Rhode Island territory. Well, half of them don't work. And I mean, the cost to install and maintain these things is so high that state governments can't afford it. 
They don't have enough money to do it. So the technology is not there to be a green world. I wish it were. I'm not a big fan of fossil fuels. I don't, I don't like pollution. All right. I wish we were 100% green on this planet. That includes dumping stuff in the oceans, plastics and all that. I'm a big environmental guy, but you, got, you can't ruin people's lives for a fantasy. All right, so um, Kerry's going over there. Blinken, the Secretary of State's going over to Dubai. A bunch of other people to represent America. And then, you know, India, China. Oh, yeah, we'll do it. They're not going to ever do it. They've got to feed their people. Um, they're not going to ever be green, those countries. Africa's never going to be green. So the United States pumping money into all this. It's just sitting the money on fire. No, no good at all. Nothing. And that's the memo. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth, delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually. You're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now the truth. All right. So Biden is aware that he is, his administration is in grave danger because of the higher prices for essentials in America. And uh, before he left for um, Georgia, he said this, go. But we know the prices are still too high for too many things that times are still too tough for too many families. But we made progress, but we have more work to do. Let me be clear, to any corporation that's not brought their prices back down, even as inflation has come down, even as supply chains have been rebuilt, it's time to stop the price gouging and give the American consumer a break. Oh, yeah, I, I'm sure the corporations are gonna do all that, right? So any guy lives in a bubble world, uh, you know, the prices will come down when the consumers don't go there anymore. That's why I told you about the $51 steak last week. I'm not going there anymore. The $14 chicken with rice soup from the local deli. I'm not buying it anymore. Those prices will come down when the consumer says, it's not about the money, it's a principle of the thing. I know I'm getting gouged. Look at, the, and what are we going to do about insurance rates? you got to have insurance to put your car on the road. They're raising these rates, um, you know, three, four hundred percent for no reason. And there's Biden, oh, you better not go. What are you going to do about it, Joe? 
What? Nothing. It's like you do about anything else. Every other problem. You don't do anything about it. All right. Let's go to Hunter Biden. So uh, he's been subpoenaed to testify in front of the House Oversight Committee. That's James Comer on December 13th. The testimony will be behind Senate doors, according to Mr. Comer. Uh, Hunter Biden says, no, I'm not going to show up unless I can testify publicly in front of the TV cameras. Okay, if he doesn't show up, Hunter Biden gets in even more trouble and Congress will pursue him. So I assume he'll show up and do what he's been subpoenaed to do. Maybe I'm wrong. But Hunter Biden's a publicity hound, and he somehow wants to get in front of the American people. And, you know, I mean, Democrats are going to stick up for him on the committee. You know that. But the Republicans are going to go in pretty hard. So uh, next, tomorrow, a guy named Rob Walker, a business associate of Hunter Biden's, is going to testify, 930. Uh, if we get anything out of that, we'll have it. And then December 6th, uh, President Biden's brother, James, going to testify. Both are private. But we're on it. We're watching it for you. So next week, there will be a uh, Republican debate on News Nation. It will be uh, at 8 p.m. December 6th. I'm going to be doing some analysis um, for News Nation, just so you know. Debate is in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, the University of Alabama campus. All right. So far, only two Republicans have made it. Isn't this interesting? DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Ramaswamy is expected to make it, but he hasn't yet. All right. Christie, uh, I don't know. He doesn't have uh, the polls to get on that stage. So there might be three. I think there'll be, I don't know about Christie. I don't know. They can do it right up to January 4th. That's when the final decision will be made. Okay. So that is happening next Wednesday. Now, let's get to our guest. We are pleased to have Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia. She is coming to us from Washington. She's a book out this month called MTG, her initials. That makes sense. And this is the first time I've ever spoken to the Congresswoman. Nice to have you here in the no spin zone. Um, all right. I got a bunch of stuff I want to ask you, and it's not a debate. I'm not going to try to convince you of anything. Donald Trump still harkens back to the 2020 election, saying it's a fraud. Okay? I have advised him that that's not a good strategy. He should be looking ahead and running on his record, not relitigating the election. Do you believe that Trump's strategy of going back to 20 is a good strategy? Well, actually, Bill, I spend a lot of time on the campaign trail with President Trump and on his behalf. And his Agenda 47, I think, is exactly the way to look forward. And I'm very impressed with it. I think it fo focuses on the American people and the issues that Americans truly care about. But when it comes to the 2020 election, I do believe there was election fraud. And I have a personal story with that. My own ex-husband uh, showed up to vote and in person, and he was told that he had already voted by absentee ballot when he had not. Um, he had to sign a waiver uh, relinquishing an absentee ballot he never requested, never voted on, and he had to do so standing in line 
with a line full of people that were told the very same thing. And right now there's some court cases going through Georgia that I think are very compelling um, that shows that there was uh, many absentee ballots that were replicated and that is election fraud. So I think election integrity is so important. We should never lose sight of it. But at the same time, President Trump is doing a great job presenting Agenda 47 for the future of our country. All right. Do you know why President Trump did not appoint a special counsel to investigate the election before he left office? Do you know? I do not know. OK, I don't know either. That would have been the way to go. OK, second thing, Ukraine aid. So the United States is giving about $45 billion so far, NATO about $35 billion. Do you support that? I do not. And I've been one of the few members of Congress that have, have voted against the money going to Ukraine from the beginning. Um, you see, I'm unapologetically American, and I believe that I represent the American people in the United States uh, Congress. And our problems are so great here in this country. I think we should we should be focusing at home. Also, it's important to note that Ukraine is not a NATO member nation. And that's something significant that often gets left out in these conversations about supporting Ukraine. We have sent uh, or we have approved $113 billion to go to Ukraine. That's over 10% of our defense budget. While our border is being overrun every single day, and I serve on the Homeland Committee, it's been overrun by over 10 million people, and there are now over 1.8 million gotaways in our country. We don't know where these people come from. We don't know who they are. They could be terrorists, uh, human traffickers, child sex traffickers, all kinds of criminals. And I believe these issues are so serious, and they're so serious because this is what the people in my district talk to me about, and this is what people across the country talk to me about. Right. They don't would want you to support, fund a war in Ukraine. Would you support continuing aid to Ukraine if the asylum situation is revised? That's what's being talked about in the House and the Senate now, a deal. All right, tighten up well, asylum in return. Would you support that? I've been in some of these meetings, Bill. Actually, we had a conference meeting about it this morning. I do not support giving money to Ukraine. They're stealing our money. There's evidence okay. of fraud there, and the Ukrainians so are you'll, you'll rich vote on again American taxpayer dollars. Now, I disagree with you because I know that Vladimir Putin will uh, continue his encroachment. Now, I'm sure you know this, but he's taken a big slice of Georgia, the country Georgia. He controls Belarus. If he controls Ukraine, then he's right on the border. He can put all his weaponry right aimed at uh, NATO. And then he goes into the Baltic countries that are right on his border as well. Finland just sealed its border because of the intrusion of Russians. So I submit to you, Congresswoman, mm -hmm. we would pay 100 times more in five years than we're paying now because Putin's not going to stop. The second point is, if Putin's allowed to win in Ukraine, say goodbye to Taiwan. Would the Chinese taking over Taiwan bother you? Well, let me first preface this, Bill. There's no evidence um, showing Putin saying that these things are going to happen, just as you suggested. These are the talking points that come out of Washington. Well, wait, wait, he's already foreign he, war. He's the already isn't there, and I won't apologize for supporting our country and wanting to fix. You our don't problems. have to apologize, Congresswoman. Yes, you don't have to apologize for anything. You don't have to apologize for anything. Wait, 
The record is that Putin seized Crimea under Obama. We did nothing. The record is that he sliced off 20 percent of Georgia. We did nothing. He controls the entire country of Belarus. We can't do anything about that. And now if he takes over Ukraine, he's got his weapons within hundreds of miles of all European capitals. This is an evil man. If you know your history, all right, Putin is Hitler light. That's who he is. Okay, I got, I got a bunch of questions. Israel, do you support American dollars going to help Israel? I have, uh, I have voted to support Israel, especially with their Iron Dome. Also supported their lasers. I just voted this week on two resolutions supporting Israel uh, and their right to exist. Okay, so you support another them. Another resolution that condemns Hamas because they are terrorists backed by Iran. However, here's our problem, Bill, and I think this is really important for people to understand. The Biden administration wants to control that war, and they want to control how Israel fights their enemy, Hamas. And I would argue Israel has been very successful thus far because Washington is not controlling them. They've been able to bomb however they want to bomb, wherever they want to bomb. They've been able to send in their troops to go after Hamas, which I completely support Israel in doing. What I am totally against is the Biden administration going in and trying to control Israel and okay. how they fight well, their you enemies. Well, you and I agree on that. Um, my congressman here is George Santos. He is a grifter. There's no doubt he is. Uh, I want to see him expelled from the House of Representatives. Do you? I'm actually not going to vote for the expel resolution, but I support your right as a voter to make changes in who represents you in Congress. Uh, the reason why I'm voting no is this comes down to campaign finance violations. And if we set the record where any member of Congress can be expelled on campaign finance violations, which I think are very bad, then we are looking at expelling a lot of members of Congress. And okay, that's really the truth. Another issue is he hasn't been convicted yet in a court of law. No, and that's true. That should be what but we this look is, at. This is an expulsion vote, not a criminal vote. And the, and I'm sure you read it, the House Ethics Committee report clearly states he took more than $200,000 in campaign funds and used it for personal expenses. And you know you can't do that. Okay, McCarthy. Right. I thought McCarthy did a pretty good job as Speaker of the House. I don't want the government shut down because I know that would boomerang back on the Republican Party, which I believe right now in our, and I'm not an ideologue, I'm not a party guy, I'm a registered independent. But the way we are situated in our history of this country, the Democratic Party is heading us toward ruin. And I mean that literally, ruin. Whereas the Republican Party would block the ruin. So I support the Republican Party. And I believe that if McCarthy, okay, had done what Matt Gates did and what you wanted to do and not compromised on a number of issues, that the blame would have all gone on to the Republicans and it would have weakened the party. Where am I going wrong? Well, I, you might be confused, Bill. I didn't vote to oust Kevin McCarthy. I wasn't one of the eight. Actually, were, were you, did you um, vote not present or what did you vote on that? No, I, I voted to protect Kevin McCarthy. Oh, you did? I okay. wasn't one of the eight. 
I think you uh, have me confused with maybe Nancy. May. Thank you so for thank you for correcting um, me. No, as a matter of fact, I've been attacked a lot uh, because I I did support Kevin McCarthy and I supported him all the way in the beginning. I wasn't one of the ones that voted against him. Thank back you in for January correcting me. You have you yeah. have to be compassionate though in this Christmas season because I'm very old, okay, Congresswoman. Okay. So I I should have known that. Um, final question. Well, I for think you. you got me confused. You uh, you introduced this show talking about extremists, and I was thinking Bill's got to read my book. He's definitely got to read my. Well, book. they didn't even send me the book. But what we did was <laughs> we researched your book. They didn't even send it to me. I'm not going to name the guys, but I know the guys. But anyway, okay. just so you know, um, the final thing is in the book. Whereas Nancy Pelosi tortured you. How badly do you dislike the former speaker? I'm not a fan of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, working under her speakership was horrible. It really was. I saw this woman force through the Biden's agenda. I saw her bring two bills to the floor that would have made abortion legal up until the day of birth. Yeah, she passed the Green New Deal and many bills, but she was particularly cruel to me. Um, and so, no, I'm not a fan. It's an interesting part of your book. And the book, again, is MTG. You get Amazon anywhere. And we really appreciate it, Congresswoman. Thanks for taking the time. We hope we can talk again, okay? Thanks for having me, Bill. All it's right. good to talk. Cheers. Walt Disney. So yesterday, uh, there was a uh, meeting held in New York City with the CEO, Bob Iger, who's a very liberal man. So uh, in one year... Disney stock has dropped from 105, um, no, has dropped 105 points. <laughs> Sorry to laugh. It's now at about 91 bucks, 105 points. So it's close to 200 a year ago, and now it's 91. That's not good if you have... And you know how many pensioners have Disney stock in their portfolios? And the thing is, it's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. So my theory, and it's just that I'm not an economist, is that Disney, by taking the side of the woke people in Florida who wanted to introduce to seven, eight-year old nine-year-old children, explicit sexual material. That's what they wanted to do in Florida. Disney sided with that crew. And of course, DeSantis and the Florida legislature passed laws against it. But Disney was on the other side of that because they are in Disney World in Orlando. They, okay, yeah, you know, six, seven, eight years, nine years old public school. Yeah, you can get all this stuff. Get all this gay stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So millions and millions and millions of traditional Americans saw that. And they remember it. So therefore, uh, the Disney Corporation is not doing the business it used to do. Its movies are bombing and all of that. Its television operation, Disney Plus, not doing that well. The parks still do well, because when the kid comes up to you, so I want to go to Disney World or Disneyland, I want to go, I want to, you're going to take them. I took my urchins, 
The kid back then, it wasn't a problem with Disney. Not as a problem. But if I had a seven, eight-year-old kid who was pining to go there, I would probably take him. Um, so those parks are doing okay, but everything else is a disaster. And I think it's because of the woke business, but I could be wrong. Joining us now from Charlotte, North Carolina, is Paul Chesser. He is the Director of Corporate Integrity Project for the National Legal and Policy Center. They watch corporations. That's what integrity means, corporate integrity. See how they behave. So am I wrong here, Mr. Chesser? Oh, no, not at all, Bill. Uh, You know, there's a lot more to it beyond uh, Disney weighing in on the side of of that law, the or against the law that was passed by Governor DeSantis and the legislature in Florida, they're inserting, you know, Chris Rufo, the investigative journalist, was fed information from whistleblowers inside of Disney that said, exposed uh, their their producers and directors saying they're going to intentionally insert pro-LGBT material in children's programming and children's movies. And it was not long after that, that battle, and that that stuff was revealed that we saw Lightyear, the the sequel, one the latest sequel to the Toy Story series, they they had created that film without any LGBT significant uh, presence. And what they did was, in response to that Florida uh, uh, battle, they inserted a gay kiss into that movie, and that, that really, you know, beyond, beyond the the poor quality of the film, uh, it, it bombed last summer. Um, so, so it's, it's Disney not only weighing in on, on political issues they shouldn't be involved in, which is what we're about. We're shareholders in Disney and we, we call companies to stay out of divisive politics like, uh, LGBT and, and abortion and so forth. Uh, it's, it's, uh, Disney, Disney intentionally uh, applying their social agenda, their LGBT agenda into their programming and, um, there was a disaster. There would be customers was, are, are, are running away from it. That was under Chapik, who they fired. All right. That was a CEO. It wasn't there long. Uh, they fired him. Uh, and now Iger is back. As I said, he's a very liberal man. He operates in Hollywood, which you don't get more left wing than that. Um, but Iger has, has kind of toned it down, right? Well, <laughs> There's more to that story because Iger Chapek was in power for the equivalent of five minutes in in in, in, in the corporate world. Uh, Iger, even though he stepped away from the CEO role, he was still hovering in the background. There's articles in the Wall Street Journal at CNBC that really went into depth on this. Chapek, when the whole Florida uh, confrontation was coming down, Chapek did not want to weigh in on it. He wanted to stay out of it and and just sort of remain neutral and, and keep keep peace uh, until all the California employees <laughs> uh, raised hell and said, "You know, you got to weigh in on this this so-called don't say gay uh, bill in Florida." And and he felt pressured to do so. So Chapek spoke up about it against probably his better instincts. And that was also driven by a tweet that Iger had issued from the sidelines in Disney, but still involved, saying, you know, this is wrong, this whole Florida bill. So it was really Iger that forced and pressured the uh, the Disney's involvement in that issue. If it was up to Chapek, he would have stayed out. And then, you know, sort of, things sort of fell apart behind, behind the scenes. Uh, if you read those articles, Iger 
gets frustrated with Chapek and not giving yeah, uh, I mean, enough uh, love and so it, forth. And, yeah, they don't care about that. What they care about is what you, know, you raise, indoctrination to children by inserting right. things into children's films that should not be there. So in your opinion, can Disney make a comeback? Say, I think Bud Light is done forever. Not Anheuser-Busch, mm-hmm. they'll survive. They got other products, but Bud Light's not coming back because of the trans thing they did. Can Disney, when a stock drops 100 points, 105 points in a year, can they ever come back? Because people aren't going to forget this. They're not going to forget it. Right. That 100-point drop represents 100. That's that's a 100% drop. That, that, That have the value of their stock. So what I would say is, uh, with the latest flops with the Marvels and Wish, and, you know, Marvels is somewhat, you know, put women in these superhero roles. You know, there's not a lot of fans, uh, you know, as far as how that's portrayed. One of their top characters in the Marvels, latest Marvels movie is Kamala. I mean, what does that tell you about is uh, about the about Disney's where Disney's mind is at? And then Wish, which is supposed to be a throwback, uh, you know, harken back to some of the popular songs in the previous Disney movies, popular Disney movies. They both have flopped, and it's it's the height of the Christmas season, a big big season for that. Sure. And, and but they're not especially, from what I've heard, they're not especially injected with woke, uh, you know, ideology or or portrayals. So what I think has happened is. Disney has destroyed trust. It's yeah, just a matter there's of no trust. doubt. The fan, Their credibility. The, the fans. That's right. The fans are staying away. So, they are. You know, it's hard to repair that trust, even though Disney may you know shy away from the, that more explicit content. It's going to take a while. And you know, last year or earlier this year, the shareholder meeting, we called for the re- the replacement of the whole board because they they brought even though last year Disney was a you know failed as a company that stock had plummeted a year up to a year yeah. ago we but we it, said you know the the board doesn't deserve to return but they, no they but you know also. how it is out there it is very very left wing and they they protect each other mr chester thanks very much we really appreciate it and uh just on a, a postscript on the story that's the power of the people okay this is you know you a lot of i get a lot of letters like i feel so helpless i feel def- you know i can't defend anyone no no if the American people finally wise up to really what the progressive agenda is, and that's why I'm here. That's really the only reason I'm here, to try to warn everybody in this country the danger of this progressive left movement of which Disney bought into. So the consumers, the American people said, no, once you mess with parenting, that's you cross the line. Okay, back in the USA Wall Street Journal poll about the American dream. Okay, this is what traditional thought is based on. The American dream is if you work hard, get educated to an extent where you can articulate, okay, and obey the law, that you will rise from your circumstance. Certainly happened with me. Okay, and you just read my bio of Bold Press Feast of Amity. I, I, I didn't come from anything. All right, no money, no assets, no uncle in the business, nothing. But I worked my butt off and I got educated. Okay, so the first question in this Wall Street Journal poll is, do you think the American dream that if you work hard, you'll get ahead? 
still holds true, never held true, or once held true but does not anymore. Still holds true 36%, never 18%, once held but not anymore 45%. Okay. So you uh, add it up, and that comes out to 63%. Think the American dream has vanished. Second question, do you agree or disagree with the following statement? The economic and political systems in a country are stacked against people like me. Agree, 50%, half. Disagree, 39%, not sure, 10. So this is victimization. That's what the left sells across the board, not just the progressive left. That's what liberalism sells. Everybody's a victim if you don't succeed. You're a victim, not your fault. Not your fault. Society's fault. Okay? Or the the Republican's fault. Or the conservative's fault. Or whosoever. But you're a victim. So if you smoke pot all day, can't hold a job, uh, dropped out of high school, not your fault. No. No. And go ahead and shoplift. Yes, you have a right to do that. That's the victimization. So you get 50% of the people of this country, according to this poll, buying into this. I'm a victim. I, c- I couldn't succeed. So if you are an American citizen and you're 23 years old, man or woman, and you've got three kids, and you're 23, and you don't have a college degree, and you're not particularly ambitious, you're going to fail. But the progressive left and liberal thinkers don't want anybody to fail. They want everybody to be given success. I just want to clear this all up, how big these numbers are getting in this country. It's pretty startling. Federal spending up 16% from this time last year. Joe Biden, the biggest spending president by far in this country. Uh, $64 billion we've spent more this year than last year. Okay, Social Security is the biggest one. National defense, that includes Ukraine. Um, Interest payments and health care. All right. So up, 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 up. Um, In 2023, this year, because the fiscal year is over, the government spends six point one three trillion. We took in four point four four trillion for a one point seven trillion deficit. Remember Biden says, I'm the deficit cutter. I'm the biggest cutter of the deficit. Remember that? And the man is just, and everybody goes, oh, he's a liar. He's not a liar. Okay? He doesn't know and doesn't care. So he's lying by omission, but he doesn't know. He's incapable of that kind of analysis. States in debt. All right. This is from Truth in Accounting. So these are the 10 states that can't pay its bills. The worst, New Jersey, then Connecticut, Illinois, Massachusetts, Hawaii, Kentucky, Delaware, Louisiana, California, Vermont. All of them, with the exception of Kentucky and Louisiana, are liberal states. Cannot pay their bills. Got it. Black Friday. I hope you go to BillOReilly.com and do some shopping there. We make your life so much easier. You'll save tons of money. 
I can't come to your home and drag you in there. But um, but anyway, Black Friday, 8% jump from last year. Consumer spending, that's good for the economy. Might not be good for Larry, who doesn't have the money, but it's good for the economy. Um, consumers in the uh, holiday season expect to spend $6 billion. Um, and no, they spent $6 billion on Thanksgiving Day alone. Wow. 6% increase over last year and uh, $222 billion expected to be sent, spent on gifts and stuff for the holiday season. 95% of American consumers say they participate in holiday gift giving. Again, BillOReilly.com, make your life easy, save you money. Okay, shoplifting. This comes from the Retail Council of New York State. Just in New York, retailers, stores in the state where I am right now, lost last year, 22, 4.4 billion people stealing stuff out of the store. Why? It's not prosecuted. And as I said, it's a contagion. People see other people shopping, I'm going to do that. Nothing going to happen to me. Even if I get arrested, you know what I get? A ticket. A ticket. By going through a stop sign. I'm going to take all this stuff. $4.4 billion lost for shopkeeping. New York uh, Police Department spokesperson said there were 93,000. Okay, this is the city now. Incidents of petty larceny uh, through October 23. 30% higher than the same period two years ago. 93,000. Out of the 93,000, nobody's going to go to jail. There you go. Smart life. Okay, so I wrote a message of the day. Again, you can go to that on BillOReilly.com. Don't have to be a member of anything every day. My son, I told you the story, I think, last week, plays lacrosse for Oxford in England. All right? And they were out playing a Welsh team, Cardiff. And he has O'Reilly on his jersey. And after the game, a bunch of Cardiff players and Oxford won the game, came over and said, you Bill O'Reilly's son, and we took him in the back. And as I related last week, he said, hey, how do you know my father? And he, because he usually says, my, my son usually says, no, I'm O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> that's what he, that's his usual line. And, and he said, YouTube. Everybody uh, on campus watches him on YouTube, which really is really good stuff. But I don't know what they're watching, so I asked my tech people, what is this YouTube stuff? So apparently, BillOReilly.com posts the No Spin News highlights on YouTube. And you can go there, um, YouTube.com slash BillOReilly. That's the easiest way to get there. YouTube.com slash BillOReilly. And then a whole bunch of stuff pops up. And you could watch it if you can't watch the whole show. We recommend that you do, that you become a premium member and concierge member. You watch everything. Um, but you can go there and bop, 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 bop. And that is really bringing in younger viewers. Uh, I, I was astounded this summer on how many people below the age of 40, because remember, cable news, the average age is death. Okay, that's... It's, but it's so old, that's the average age. Two steps from the grave. Very, very old audience. Here, YouTube, it's all young. 
And as I say in a message, I hope you read it, this is a very encouraging sign. Because this balances out all the propaganda they hear. All right, here is a final thought of the day. At dinner the other day with guys I've known since I'm six years old. And they live, uh, one of them lives in uh, Spokane, the other lives in Cape Cod, another lives in Denver. And they all came in for a reunion, and uh, we gathered on up, uh, and we had dinner. And it was great. All right, they had pictures and old things and this and that. I really, really respect my friendships from when I was born, okay? Uh, a guy I went to school with when I was five helped create BillOReilly.com. So for this Christmas, here's something you might want to do. It's fun. Track down some of your old friends. It's easy to do now on the Internet. And send them a Christmas card with just a little note, okay? They'll be so surprised and happy to hear from you. I guarantee it, okay? And then you'll forge, you know, give me your little email address or your text number, whatever it may be, and you'll forge all that. And it's like a hobby. It's, a, it's your life. And these people can say, yo, you remember this, you remember that. And sometimes you forget. And maybe they'll have pictures they can send you. What a great Christmas theme, right? So track them down. Send them a card. All right? That is the final thought. And we really appreciate you guys watching and listening to the No Spin News across the world now. See you on Monday.